on today's episode. Don't let today's song title fool you. You're always invited over here at The Song Will Go On. Today, we dive into Uninvited by Alanis Morissette from the 1998 film City of Angels. Don't ride a bicycle and take your hands off the handles while listening to this pod. But let's drop the theme. Hello and welcome to The Song Will Go On, the podcast inspired by the songs. Yes, inspired by the motion pictures. Today, we're taking a deep dive. We're free falling off a cliff, eyes closed, into Uninvited. The Alanis Morissette song for the soundtrack of the 1998 film City of Angels. And joining me today, she decided to fall from the heavens and join us here on Earth, just so she can know what it's like to pod. It's my co-host, Sophie Matano. I did it for you, Paolo. I won't be a Nicholas Cage about it. <laughs> Today's guest though, from the YouTube channel, As Is On Frame, she'll guide us through this spiritual journey Ooh. as she follows us around, lurking in the corners, it's JP Lee. <laughs> hey, glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. JP, it's so good to have you back on the show. It's always a blast to have you here. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be this is gonna be a blast. <laughs> I think so. I'm I'm very excited <laughs> for this. It's your song. You picked it I again. Did. I did. Why uninvited by Alanis Morissette? I want to give some variety from some of the other songs I've picked in the past. No, actually, I think primarily this is because this song, along with a few others on this soundtrack that we can dive a bit deeper into, were very, uh, pretty big pieces of my uh, childhood when it, like in the, that 1998 range when they were mm -hmm. all over the radio. This song was something that I like bonded with my aunt over because she had the VHS of this, this movie. This sounds like an aunt oh. song. It, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Every like, big like, Ryan movie my aunt had. You said that and yeah. it like, fits perfectly now in my brain. Like, this is like an aunt. I think so. Alanis Morissette was just like, I got introduced to her as an artist through my aunt or just, just generally because she had the CD or something. I always just think of Aunt Patty whenever I think of Alanis Morissette <laughs> and Sarah McLaughlin. It's like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I am really excited to, to just... Kind of, I haven't really revisited this in decades, so I'm excited to talk about it with y'all. Before we get to it, Sophie, mm. you have to do the film setup because why? Without a film, we wouldn't have a song. It's creator, yes. Alive, it's alive, it's alive. Sophie, we need some some Sophie magic. <laughs> Sprinkle on the episode. Let's, let's get some let's some film setup. Right, let's go. Let's get into it. City of Angels is a romantic fantasy film directed by Brad Silberling, written by Dana Stevens, and stars Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. The film is loosely based on the 1987 German film Wings of Desire. Loosely. I have <laughs> not seen that film. Loosely. <laughs> Both movies tell the story of an angel who falls in love with a mortal woman and wishes to become human to be with her. In Silberling's version, uh, it's set in Los Angeles, the city of angels, of course. Really subtle. <laughs> Seth, played by Cage, is an angel who accompanies the spirits of the recently departed to the hereafter and is invisible to most mortals. Seth comes across Dr. Maggie Rice, played by Ryan, a brilliant young heart surgeon who is deeply devoted to her, her profession. Can you imagine if Seth was just playing a prank on everyone? I'll accompany you and we get there. Oh, there's no hereafter. JK, Sorry. JK, prank. JK. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Much different movie. <laughs> 
Seth falls in love with Maggie after witnessing her determination to save a patient and she's, her heart she's very rate stubborn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seth has the power to allow himself to be seen by Maggie, and she is fascinated and confused by his mysteriousness. One of the patients at the hospital senses Seth's presence and tells him that he too conveniently was once an angel who chose to fall to earth and become human. And we're not going to question that. No, we're just, just going to take it. We yeah. go with the flow. We, uh, we're all you going too? with it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> what what are the odds? <laughs> we're, it's the city of angels after exactly. all. Exactly. So. exactly. <laughs> will Seth choose to become human to mm. be with the woman he loves? Or will he stay an angel to avoid the pitfalls of a mortal life? What a setup. I know. Mm. <laughs> City of Angels opened first at the box office, displacing Lost in Space, which had dethroned wow. Titanic. The Matt LeBlanc uh, vehicle. Yeah. For a like after week. how many weeks, though? A single week. A single week? <laughs> a single week. No, no, week. no, but like dethroned Titanic. Like how long has Titanic Oh, no, been? Titanic was dethroned after 15 weeks. That's yes, right. exactly. That feels right. And I Lost in Space was that. like, we got there it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> for a week. <laughs> The film grossed just shy of $200 million internationally really? on a $55 that's million dollar budget. Money. That's, that's way too much that's money. That's a lot, yeah. Uh, but it opened to mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film three stars, praising Ryan's performance, but criticized the story for being formulaic. Cage's childlike interpretation of an angel was polarizing <laughs> in reviews. One calling his performance endlessly resourceful, and another liking his character to a serial killer. Uh, I'm very curious to see where you two fall on that scale. <laughs> that's, that's a wide <laughs> range. Uh, maybe above all, this film is celebrated for its two big hits of the 90s mm-hmm. in music, uh, and we're going to talk about one of them very shortly, but let's talk film now. So, f- I love that. That was good. That was great. That was, good. That was great. <laughs> I have to start with the tradition here, which is our guest. Mm-hmm. She picked it. Mm-hmm. And JP, I want us to start off this conversation by your relationship. You talked a little bit about it and the why. Mm-hmm. It seems like you had a connection, but can you like dive deeper into it? Like, Absolutely. What's your rela- connection to this film? And, like, Absolutely. Do you like watch it every Friday? I don't think so. I do not. <laughs> I have not revisited this film in quite a few years, but when it first, so when it first came out, I didn't see it in theaters. It's not the movie you take a 10 year old to, let's yes, be honest. Yeah. yeah. I was more excited. I think at the time, you know, it was after the lost world had come out and I like mean, twister it, had just it, come it, out. Like that was where I, my head was if at. You, you know? take this, your child to this movie. You're going to regret it instantly. There's gonna be so be, many questions. It begins with a child dying. Oh yeah. There's uh, just, like, yeah, that's yeah, like, there's, it's, it's yeah. a tough open. It's <laughs> questions at the very best existential crisis at the very worst. So no, absolutely not. But I did like, it was like maybe a year or so later, the VHS was in my aunt's apartment. And at the time I'd either go to Blockbuster because that's dating myself, or I would go to my aunt's house because she had like a whole wall of VHS tapes. And they were like the movies that like my parents didn't buy us because, you know, we're kids. So I get like Die Hard and I got like Steve Angel. Speed. Speed. Yeah. I got all these (laughs) movies that were like, I was like, okay, this one, this one, this one. And my mom was just like, whatever, just... Just, it's going to go over your head anyway. So that's basically the, the philosophy yeah. we had. So I got I got to basically rent it from my aunt's house. And I watched it I just randomly one night or one day. Like, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. And I just popped it in. I think my mom was coming in and out being like, you're watching a Meg Ryan vehicle. What are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. just curious. And a lot of it went over my head. But like rewatching it now, I'm like, oh, I should not have understood most of what was happening in this film. I think film. a lot of it goes over my head now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And it's like, I, I was saying earlier, I was like, I am, I am intrigued by like the thematic elements of this movie, but it's probably because to a point Palette made in like the prep for this is like, it's based off of something that's probably a better reference point. Mm-hmm. So it's anything that's good from this film is coming from another source. Mm. So 
Sophie, had you seen this film before the podcast? <laughs> no. And not only <laughs> yes. that, I had not Aren't even heard glad? of this movie. <laughs> no, genuinely, I hadn't heard of this movie. So You're when welcome. we <laughs> So we I, I had heard the song before, but yeah. it wasn't my main reference point for Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Uh Jagged Little Pill, like all those songs were maybe more my reference Whole point. Album. And then I heard Iris by the Google Dolls in this movie. I was like, wait, that's from this? Yep. (laughs) So like for a second, I was like, why aren't we talking about Iris? But no, Mm -hmm. anyway. I made a choice. I made a choice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so I had absolutely no reference point for this movie. I didn't know a thing about it. And then I actually watched it twice in preparation for this. Oh my gosh. Because I... The first time, I think I was just letting it all hit me like a wave. Like, <laughs> like Nicholas like, Cage. Like sensing the for the first time. <laughs> Nicholas. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and then the second time, I, I wanted to get a little bit... I just needed to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> this is a kooky movie, for sure. Kooky is definitely the word for yeah. it. Yeah. I had seen this film. You had? Probably was like playing on HBO or something. It was on, and right. I just watched it, and mm-hmm. I knew Nicholas Cage, and I knew Meg Ryan. Um, I had not revisited in a very long time, but I had fond memories of it. Okay. Really? Okay. But Say more. <laughs> Expand upon yes. well, Revisiting now, preparing for the show, I mm-hmm. was like, what was I fond of? And it was a couple of things. I am a sucker for a specific era of Nick Cage. There's mm. so many dimensions to his filmography, but the family-friendly Nick Cage, like I feel he has a couple of like, it could happen to you. The movie where he plays a cop that wins the lotto and makes uh-huh. a promised wa- waitress. I also rewatched that recently. It also did not age well, but still, oh, I have like this connection to it. Also, the Family Man. I love. Like, I was going to mention the Family Man. Like, one I, in I'm that a category. soccer for, for for that. City of Angel was like part of that, so I kind of like liked it by association with those other two films. Okay, so you liked bad Nicolas Cage movies. That's what yes. I'm hearing. Yeah. Yes, thank you for filtering yeah. that. Out. Although yes. I do kind of think. The other two are enjoyable in its own way. Mm-hmm. Rosie Perez is always charming to see. And it could happen to you. She's in there. And I think the family man is charming also. I don't know. I haven't seen it since it came out. But I remember being like, this is good. It's fine. It has a score by Danny Elfman. It might want to be those things where the score kind of washes away the sins of the movie. It, it happens it. a lot yeah. to me. Yeah. That's but fair. rewatching it now, now I think, oh, my connection was to the music. Mm. The two songs that yeah, you guys yeah. and we're going to talk about it. Yep. Because now I'm kind of like, this not, doesn't work at all. Like, it's a really good premise. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think also what happens is throughout time, you kind of remember the premise and, oh, that's a cool premise. But then you kind of forget the details of the execution. You like romanticize it a little bit in your own yeah. head. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I feel like I'm wait. I have to Google this. I can't believe I didn't Google this, but there has to be a trailer of this movie cut into like a horror. You know, when they... Take and we caught like a that horror. would be very easy to do. Like I said, it's literally the very easy. Age serial killer eyes. Yes, <laughs> that's my my problem. Default for him. My problem, sort of like the disconnection watching this film is just like I couldn't in a film where it's so fantasy and angel. Like I couldn't suspend the logic of it. Couldn't connect as a romantic film. Mm-hmm. I just don't see like what was the connection mm-hmm. again because it's like I'm watching the movie the whole time and you're kind of asking like. Meg Ryan, why aren't you asking more questions? Yes. Like, why aren't you asking some basic questions? Yes. Like, aren't you fearful for your own life at any point? Mm-hmm. The only question she asks of Nicolas Cage is, why don't you ever touch me? 
that's what you ask. It sounds that's like a very, that's a screenwriter's moment kind of thing. Not like yeah, the character's like, believability. I really don't know if I'm just being too harsh in like asking the wrong question with this movie. I just couldn't connect with it. Meg Ryan is still charming. Nick Cage is still charming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's enough to save it as a, like a rewatchable maybe, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm going to come to my girl Meg's defense. I think that she yeah. is the saving grace of this movie, to be honest. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, should her character have a few more questions? <laughs> yeah. Is it strange that she's attracted to this man baby? She's like the woman in big where I'm like, you're into this? Like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, Take a step back. You're like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, but I think that she, if not for her performance, this mm-hmm. movie would have gone completely off the rails. Yeah. Because I just couldn't really get behind some of the choices that Nick Cage made or it, the direction maybe, but the the childlike innocence and fascination with like humankind was sort of strange to me because doesn't he sort of all he does all day is observe people. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. So I, I know that he had a lot of questions of what it's like to experience things before. Yes. Uh, and they talked about fruit a lot. <laughs> pears specifically. Specifically pears, which is like not even the best one. No. She, okay, to make point though, to your point, Meg described it perfectly. She did. <laughs> I was yeah. like, nailed it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what did she say? She said um, it was... Like grainy and... Yeah. <laughs> when she said grainy, you're like, that's not wrong. Yeah, like pears aren't that great. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So uh, hats off to her. She really she was, does. Yeah. She was I pulling mean, a lot of weight. Here. I agree. I think that actually to me, that's my thing with Nick Cage movies generally is that I find that his co-stars are doing a lot of heavy lifting to make his performances believable mm. because he is someone I think another pod. I, I will have to credit it at some point if I remember who said it. My problem with Nicolas Cage is he's always so over the top and they defended his acting as like his acting is sort of the essence of emotion but not necessarily like the believability of it it's just this like over the top bombastic like brush stroke of feeling and I'm like that's fine but in a movie where you want it to be grounded so that the supernatural can kind of like <laughs> be believable it's like right. there's too much there's too much Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage in this movie and Meg Ryan's doing the best that she can and the choices are questionable but I I don't think that the movie is like it's there's a reason why it's not considered a classic right and I think it's partially the performances and partially just the fact that you're not really you don't really believe what's going on enough to sort of just invest. I, I wish I could have watched this film with a doctor because I have some questions. Ooh, like okay. a surgeon, a heart surgeon? <laughs> yes. Or honestly, to be uh, to be honest, a nurse? this one's like a general <laughs> like a yeah. nurse. Okay. But like, are you allowed to play like super loud music while operating? I think I've I heard do. that. Yeah, yeah, I've actually heard you Yeah, can. you can, you yeah. can do that. Do. Whatever yeah. can get the surgeons in the zone, I think is allowed to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I have heard that before. I don't know where. Then I think I might have missed. That would have been a great <laughs> oh, career. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, maybe I'm not referencing yeah. the proper sources. <laughs> I think I would have missed. That would have been probably a good career pursuit. I when I was a when I was a teenager, I thought about careers that would allow me to listen to good amount of music. All and I was like, and maybe the first I, one you thought of was surgeon. No, no, I did not. I did not think about that. I thought about uh, a mail carrier or a truck driver. And yes, I'd be like, where you're like you're isolated. Like, and, that doesn't yeah. sound that bad. Like all day just yeah. with headphones. Um, apparently it does sound so, that bad. Yes. Plan A truck driver. Plan, plan B, B surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. If, if, if it doesn't yeah. work out. Got it. Actually, got it, it seems like plan A was surgeon. Yeah. Also, another question. You seem to know more about the medical field that I do. Can you pump mm-hmm. a heart with your hands? Is that a thing? 
in, in like CPR or like physically? Well, she literally physically pumps oh, true. in the movie. She's like pumping the I, heart. I'm sure they consulted somebody. <laughs> I'd like to think they did, but I don't know. Because I feel like this is one of those things where I just don't know absolutely anything. But like, for example, watching Whiplash, it was like, that's not how drumming. Like that's not. We can you, spend you can, an hour I complaining know. about the but unbelievability it's like I wish, of that I wish movie. I had that information here. I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> I learned something I didn't new. Know yeah. I that works. That's a good question. You know? I, I wonder if in that time period though, it's like late '90s. You've got ER. You've got all these like medical dramas that are all like yes. very realistic. Oh, they good probably point. have good to point. be yeah. like on yeah. point. Like they had to at least reference with someone to be like this. Right. You know, this isn't that crazy, right? Well, you know what else they had in the 90s? <laughs> we have a lot of religious exploration mm. and movies about angels in the 90s. We have the TV show Touched by an Angel. Yes. That's 94. The Penny Marshall remake The Preacher's Wife in 96. Yep. Nora Ephron's Michael in 96. That's John that's Travolta. John Travolta with the Eric Clapton <laughs> yes. song. That's very good. Uh, and then, of course, there's Contact, which is maybe less about angels, but, you know, just sort of it's still, yeah, religious exploration. Mm -hmm. And then in 99, we have Meet Joe Black, which definitely shows an interest in the afterlife. So, yep. like, what's going on also, here? Also, uh, Angels in the Outfield. Let's oh, not forget the classic. Yeah. <laughs> also, you guys are forgetting a masterpiece. I don't know the name of it. Oh, but it's, it's uh, so good. I can't even remember the name. It's a Robert Downey Jr. film, and he's like a kid who sees four angels, and their parents think, you're insane. I'm Googling. And then he gets so scared that he's insane that he shuts them off, and then they come back when he's an adult, and they give him relationship advice and life advice, because he becomes oh. an asshole. Oh. Heart and Souls? Yes. The Heart 1993 yes. Oh, yes, that's no. a great, that's a masterpiece <laughs> that of a title. film. I literally Googled Robert Downey Jr. for Angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, so what- Yeah, they're right. That, that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, like- Okay, Why? what was going on in the 90s? Is it like Y2K panic? Oh, maybe. And we want to be like, there are angels. There's an afterlife. <laughs> like, what? It's going to be fine. I'm surprised we haven't had a renaissance of this well, nowadays. Yeah. It's like, well, we had the vampire craze. We of did. Like, I, honestly, of forever. Like, I don't think it's, it's over. <laughs> it was. It. I don't even know when it started. <laughs> it's a perpetual yeah. machine. Why are we on the subject of angels? And mm -hmm. out, we're going to spoil this movie. If you, for some reason, really care about not getting City of Angels 1998 films not spoiled, I um, might want to skip a minute or so. But I had this like half-baked theater. I was trying to stretch to sound I smart, but so it's excited. not. <laughs> but it's like, is Nicolas Cage like Lucifer in this movie? Oh. Is there like some hidden way? Because like, I don't know, at the end of the day, like, he kind of gets Meg Ryan killed and he kind of is very creepy and all that stuff. Like, again, getting back to like this film can be cut as a, like a horror film. If it does, I think you can kind of make it's a, good a half as argument that he's like, oh, he's an angel. He's I, not the angel you think. You know what's funny? You're tapping into a nostalgic memory that I like didn't allow myself to to access until just now. I was like, <laughs> I do remember being sort of creeped out the like when I was watching it at times. And I, I don't remember what it was. And I'm pretty sure it's because of Nicolas Cage's performance. <laughs> oh, those, a thousand percent just something Nicolas Cage's performance. <laughs> It's just one of those things where you're like, huh, well, I'm a kid, so I'm assuming this is what adults call good acting. And I just kind of <laughs> trusted it. But yeah, to your point, it's very easy to assume that it could have just had a darker edge to it. Yeah. I kind of like that theory. While we are on the territory of spoilers, mm -hmm. let's talk about that ending. Riding her bike without a helmet? Like, a surgeon should know better. I mean, uh -huh. like, you're in the medical uh -huh. field. Like, come on. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. It scared me into wearing helmets as a kid. I definitely, like, wore a helmet as a kid because when you're a kid, like, your parents are like, you don't get on the bike unless you have your helmet on. They're like, yeah. okay, and you begrudgingly put it on. But, like, I was very eager to put my helmet on after I saw the movie. I'm like, if I'm going on a bike ride, yeah. where's my helmet? <laughs> like, I, I probably put, like, extra pads on. I was just like, I am terrified. 
Well, her her death was also a little bit confusing for me because she's just sort of riding along and then there's a truck and then we cut away and then she's just laid <laughs> on the ground and like there's no I was like, what? She's just what resting apparently happened to her. It's like the movie Signs where that that uh Oh yeah. Where she's like Oh, she's cut in half. And you're like, cut in half? Like, what? what? But she's talking? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it's like, no, yeah, you should go and talk to her. And you're like, all the time, talk just not her. paying attention to the dialogue. You're just like, how does it work? Her body's like not. Like, something's so, not so, yeah. adding up. I, I, I agree. This is a good, like, weird death in movies. Like, you can yes. add that to the list along with science. Absolutely. It was also a very long death. Like, how long did it take Nicolas Cage to get, get over there. there? Yeah, was she laying there for like 40 minutes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> quite a long period of time and then the trucker just like abandons the truck and <laughs> runs it's also <laughs> it's also such a bummer it's like hey nick you want to know how it was like to feel a human this is it Here's man. pain you it's come like, well, one is. day yeah. your, your girlfriend is dead that's yeah. it's just bad luck man yeah. welcome to earth mm-hmm. that's fate <laughs> well, it's like, Paolo, <laughs> did this movie scare you out of being a truck driver because <laughs> you could murder Meg no, ryan well, on the surgeon yeah. i guess going, <laughs> go, oh there's so many connections you're connecting the truck driving thing yes. i'm also going to connect back to your helmet thing because i have i don't know why i'm criticizing Meg ryan i have a confession <laughs> selfie once caught me riding my bike in pasadena Without don't a helmet. Don't tell people where we live. <laughs> don't tell people where we live. Take that again. <laughs> Why do you have to be like, on the specific street where I live? <laughs> well, it, it could be different, though. Like, riding a bike in New York City no, would be like, are right, you crazy? I'm about the, to in say. In the city. No, no, no. I'm about to say oh. that I was riding, and I'm leaving all this on. I'm not taking it. No, out. you're not. <laughs> I was riding my bike in good old Pasadena, and I was not wearing a helmet. How dare you? And I also was wearing headphones. <gasps> That's a double whammy. Sound over the ceiling, ear headphones. Over the ear sound yeah, ceiling yeah, yeah. headphones. And I was riding my bike and Sophie was driving her car beknownst to me. You were caught red-handed. <laughs> and she was like looking at me and her look was like so like, why are you doing mm-hmm. shameful like, you part? You have yeah. a death mm-hmm. wish. I was, I, I, I survived. Like, I, I was car. riding my bike like, <laughs> like Meg Ryan, even worse with music. So yeah. But it's just like. <laughs> I'm just sorry, but not to go on a tangent here, but like riding, if someone hearing this can suggest me ideas on how I can accomplish riding a bike while listening to music, because it's mm. the dream. Listening to music when I'm riding a bike, I can go like, Fleetwood Mac, go your own way. I'm like, in it, in it. Oh my God, so fun. Without music, all I'm hearing is like, <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Not like, I, yes. I, I hate it. I, I'm the same way. And I would say one quick tangent is if you have, have never ridden your bike to the ET chase sequence, oh. you haven't lived. Oh my God, Jen, you just blew my mind. You have not lived. It's like 14 or 15 minutes altogether. I might do that next it's weekend and I amazing. hope I survive. It's, it's on you if I don't. Gotta you get the, put the, the AirPods might and then the helmet. <laughs> I do not condone this. We'll yeah. put some fine print in the bottom of yeah. this episode. Paula would have wanted us to talk about <laughs> ET and the greatness of this track no no <laughs> we're not willing that we're not willing that into existence right. but but the, that is a really good song to like even if you're on a stationary bike it like pumps you up it's amazing before we move on from the movie there is something that really struck me is these people we're in the city of angels these people are angels they can do anything mm-hmm. they sit on top of the 110 highway and just chat like yeah. i don't know if you've ever lived in los angeles but we do that's the last place in pasadena come <laughs> visit <laughs> us <laughs> That's the last place no, you want to be fan mail. in the 110 near downtown LA. Yeah, no, that's like if if this was Buffy, that's where the hell mouth would be yeah, located. Exactly yeah. right. And they're sitting again. That's Nick Nick Cage's Lucifer. I'm sorry, my God, this theory is coming. Sorry, <laughs> it's yeah. coming together. Now. But but it's like, why would they're you choosing sit there? to be on the freeway? 
Also, they're hearing people's thought, and I had a question for you both. Uh, if Nick Cage, the angel, is listening to your thoughts while you're stuck on the 110 highway, what mm -hmm. would they, what would those be? Besides cursing out the traffic, it would probably, it's just a bunch of movie quotes rattling around in my head. That's so what, that's, you just movie quoting when oh, you're driving? No, I joked the other day that I'm basically Bumblebee, but instead of music words, like that's how I like communicate, it's yeah. just movie quotes. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> how my brain operates. So it would be a really strange place to be in. For me, it would be, oh great. If this guy jumps, I'm never going to get out of here because in this traffic forever. <laughs> oh, LA traffic, man. Mm -hmm. Anything else about the CD of angels <gasps> that could have been masterpiece? Great premise. Again, great premise. I, would you be down for a remake of this film? I haven't given this any thought, but I think the cast would pique my interest. But in just generally, I don't think I would be revisiting this. I don't need it. I need it. I think there's a good... There could be a good, well, there is a good movie, Wings of Desire, but still there could be a good, because I try to watch Wings of Desire. I made it halfway. Yeah. It is, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a claim movie that I don't understand. Like <laughs> there are plenty of those like in yeah. the same way. You know, like, like I respect them, yeah. it. I'm lost, I like, but I respect you know, it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Next stop is really where it gets good. Yeah. The song. Let's do the it. bangers. Let's do it. Before that, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Rock meets orchestra in the song Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Yeah, I don't know. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon. Every now and then we need a little support to help make the podcast go on. Patreon, support us. And then return we'll give you all we got. And we need you now, tonight! <laughs> Seriously though, head over to Patreon and support us. We have some really cool perks, exclusive content, and your support will help us grow so we can continue making the show. And then maybe we could afford some singing lessons. Or not sing at all, just talk about the people who sing. Check us out at The Song Will Go On on Patreon. <laughs> We're back and it's gonna get dark up in here. I mean, just listen to that piano motif. Damn. It's so good. It's Light so up your good. candles, dress all black. I, I, Ooh, my, no, my notes literally were the piano line to start. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie. Yes. Let's do your thing. Okay. Set up the song for us. So City of Angels highest achievement is probably the soundtrack. Agreed. Uh, which features, as we said, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls and what we're here to discuss today, Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette began her career as a teen pop sensation in Canada before pivoting into the alternative rock goddess that we know her as today. I did not know that. Her third album, Jagged Little Pill, was released in 1995 and sold 33 million oh, records. a couple. How? It's only like top 10 in most old time. <laughs> yeah, well, incredible. it's making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's truly a staple of rock history, coming out of just a 21-year-old powerhouse. Yeah, 21. Morissette wrote Uninvited herself and co-produced the song with Rob Cavallo, who also produced three albums by the Goo Goo Dolls, including the song Iris, which is also on this movie. Thanks, Hall of Fame moment. Yeah, Indeed. I know. Seriously. Uh, the haunting melody of Uninvited begins with the, those four piano notes and builds into an instrumental climax. 
Morissette was pretty much considered the biggest star of music at the time, and she was enjoying some time away from the spotlight after Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. But she was sent a rough cut of the film to write a single, and she was, quote, very inspired by it. That's something. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say something, and then you derailed me with that. She was like, I, 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 I know I said it like I didn't believe her, but, but apparently Maybe she she's was. like really into angels. You know, there are people who like, I believe in angels. They're absolutely That's around true. us, among us, and I want to write a song about she, angels. In a featurette, she said something about believing that your gut or your inner voice could be called an angel uh oh, so like intuition in some yeah. way oh yeah. that's interesting props um, to her for finding something sophisticated but she also said quote i was going through certain things of my own at the time and it just sort of coincided at the same time that i could write it about myself and have it be something that meg's character could be communicating as well so mm. there's some of her in this song, yeah in the sure. in the mm -hmm. music box documentary on hbo alanis morissette they do sort of talk about kind of I got at a greater appreciation of her state of mind, like mm -hmm. after she finished, mm -hmm. not just the album, but the tour, which I, again, I didn't know because at that age, but it was That's this amazing crazy. grueling yeah. tour for years. So I can see all of that, what you're saying. Uh, so check that out. That document. I, I really liked that. Yeah. I really loved yeah. it. So recommend it. Absolutely. So Uninvited was her next single after that smash hit record and tour. So expectations were high. This mm -hmm. was highly anticipated. So much so that a leak of the single forced Warner Brothers to release the entire soundtrack to radio before it was available in stores because oh, American wow. radio stations were playing like a poor quality ripped version that was Demo, leaked on yeah. the internet. The madness. Wow. Yeah. It's funny that now that doesn't mean like radio, leaked on radio, like who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like it doesn't, SoundCloud. Like, it doesn't, yeah, like it doesn't have like an impactful, like you can say that like, oh my God. And you're like, uh, I sure that was something at the point at the time like i guess no nowadays it, that happens and it's like the comp the, the record company's doing it on purpose to like yeah. generate right. buzz you know <laughs> well because the song was not released as a physical single in the u.s it was not eligible to chart on the billboard hot 100 because of rules oh. at the time okay. that's not a that's thing stupid. now that's stupid but it was nominated for many awards including three grammys and it won two of those mm. uh she performed the song at the 1999 grammy awards and i highly recommend checking out that video of that performance, uh, it will melt your face off. It'll come up, don't worry, it'll come up. Um, <laughs> we got you covered. <laughs> but since I still have your faces intact for the time being, uh, I wanna hear what you two think of this song. Our guest, JP, you picked it. Ready to go. And this is what I'm really curious. I, the film was like, hey, what's your what is your relationship to this song? I've said this with a few of the, the, the episodes we've done in the past, but like this was everywhere on the radio in South Florida. I don't know if that was the case everywhere else, but like it played in. It, it was a big hit. It was I, huge. I can speak from a Puerto Rico. It was. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And it was this and Iris to, to an earlier point that mm -hmm. was made. Like they were definitely like hand in hand, like very big tunes for a while. And it was probably the first time I listened to, like I paid attention to lyrics as a kid. Mm -hmm. and and Iris had a couple lines that were really good. But this this one, too, like, there's something about the orchestration of this song, the way that she builds, like, there's a way she sings syllables that, like, blows my, like, mind. We can get into it, like, later, but, like, she says certain words that, like, it's almost like an alien is interpreting English. <laughs> and it's yeah. so, like, she takes it and creates, like, its own instrument out of the word. And I'm like, that's not how you say that. <laughs> But it works. Like, she I had she to read, puts the emphasis on, on the, the wrong, wrong syllable. syllable. Absolutely. Yeah. And then she adds syllables. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, she, I think there's a point where she says shepherd one time and then yes. says shepherd. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, where did those E's come yeah. from? And so it's so much fun the way she sings the song. And it's just so very like Alanis Morissette. And she just like dives into her style. 
and has like the budget and like the gravitas to like do this whole orchestra behind her. And it's just. If you live your Spotify playing for an will this hour. Play eventually? Could this <laughs> pop up? I think, well, now it will because I've listened to it a bunch over the last week <laughs> or so. Yes. I think it's funny. I think uh, it probably would because I listen to a lot of like soundtracks generally. So if they do like music recommended by this thing, it'll probably mm-hmm. pop up and I'll be like, oh, I love this song. And I will let it play all the way through. Um, but it, I didn't know all the lyrics because she sings words so like funkily that like yeah. I had to pull up the the entire like music for it to sort of get like acclimated again with the song. Cause I was like, Oh, I was adding words that I thought she was saying, but she was actually saying this instead. And <laughs> I just like rediscovered the song this time, but it would definitely play now on my playlists. <laughs> so if you are familiar with Goo Goo Dolls, Iris, I was, are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Were you familiar with uninvited also? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, did not know that either of those were from this movie <laughs> uh, until very recently. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to say it was a blind spot for me because I definitely listened to Jagged Little Pill. I found it in maybe middle school. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so after uh, the, the, craze. the craze around it, mm-hmm. I was still sort of like in my Spice Girls era, totally. which Boy I never left. And- yes. <laughs> yes. When people were, might have been over, you were like, hey guys, you have listened you to that? Yeah. 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 yeah, we've been listening for like four years. Get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> well, well I, I think a conscious effort on my part to sort of figure out Alanis Morissette a little bit more mm-hmm. because I knew you ought to know because it was everywhere. Yeah. And to the point that it was sort of turning into a, a meme of the time yeah. like you know it, it was being parodied so often mm-hmm. that it sort of lost its meaning as like this badass rock song yeah and only through going in the album in in its entirety i was like oh this is this is awesome yeah like this is amazing I found Uninvited at that time, but again, Jagged Little Pill was sort of like on my rotation instead of nice. this one. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe the the sound of Uninvited was what intrigued me. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that it came from a movie, I didn't really understand the lyrics. And now with the context of the movie, it helps a little bit. A little bit, but yeah, still a little, a little, bit. little confusing. Yeah, but uh, she she did say that it's from Maggie's point of view. Yeah. And then Iris, I guess, is sort of from Seth's, Seth's point, of view. point of view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an interesting interpretation of a, mm-hmm. of a soundtrack. That for makes a, a lot romantic of sense. Yeah, because Iris lyrics don't make any sense. Like every yeah. Google Doll song, it's just like words that sound pretty together, and you're like, <laughs> what? I 
I well, don't know. I like what everything feels like a movie. You bleed just to know you're alive. You're like, like that sounds yeah. great. But okay, like, so poetic. But what what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. So you hit it right yeah. in the nail with what mm-hmm. you said. That's mm-hmm. exactly how I feel. I want to take this moment. Mm-hmm. Alanis, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she that was I didn't, a fan until right now. Yeah, <laughs> that I did not pay enough. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I was a big fan of Alanis mm-hmm. growing up. We actually, me and my brother, if that's a thing, like have a co-ownership of an album because <laughs> my mom's friend, I don't know how this happened. She just gave it us to us as a present. She was invited over and she's like, you have kids, you have younglings, I'll bring some presents for them. <laughs> and she brought Alana's Jagged Little Pill and we loved it. We, I, I like, Ironic was the v- music video. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the yep. the Box Music channel. Waited yep. for it. I love the music video. I love the song. I don't know what happened that after like that period, mm-hmm. I had not connected with Alana's throughout. Like even as a movie song fanatic, this is a blind. This was a blind. Like I knew about it, but a blind mm-hmm. spot. Like it was, this wasn't on rotation. No, yeah. And if I went to listen to Alanis, this isn't the one that I would sing to. So I was like, after listening to this and prepping, now I'm like, <laughs> what the? Fuck? What's wrong you, with what you? What were you man? missing out on? Yeah, like, absolutely. I feel like this is this is a complete. Banger. It has no this business is a complete being banger. this good. <laughs> this is so good. And to me, this is like this is what I love about the podcast. What we're doing It's mm-hmm. like this is such a movie song. Yes. Let's start with. Well, we talked about that piano. A couple of things I love about the piano. First of, why does this provide so much mood? And I don't have that much musical knowledge, but apparently a lot of music and film is chromatic, meaning mm-hmm. the notes just move differently from pop music. Chromatic just means like if you're on a piano from white key to black key, just like short steps. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. sounds, emotes different emotions, apparently. If you listen to the piano motive, Ah, chromatic there, chromatic there. Mm-hmm. There's a step, gr- chromatic again. It feels like it's using a cinematic language there, which yeah. that it provides so many moods. Also, I love the simplicity. I love mm-hmm. the simplicity of it. And this is one of those things where like, if you sat on a piano for the first time and you're trying to play around with your finger, this might be like one of the first melodies you can get. Yeah. Like oh, if you're you like into this it. music, yep. it kind of gives you a glimmer of hope like, Oh my god, I'm playing uninvited. Imagine if I practice, I could play the whole thing. It gives you hope. I also <laughs> yeah. love the I love the recording too, is like there's so much like reverb in the piano line that it feels like yes. almost like atmospheric like and a church. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know it if it's sounds like, like you're in an empty room playing yes. a piano. It's very yeah. isolating and kind of um, not creepy's too strong a word, but you're just sort of like, ah, there's something going on here and you want to lean in a bit. Haunting, so, maybe. Yes. Haunting. Haunting is a perfect Apparently, word. this piano motif is like the star of the show here. Yeah. Because this song it has is. been covered extensively. And I found some really interesting cover that I want to play for my friends here. Okay. Oh, jeez. I don't know how you listen to that piano motif being like, that's the perfect fit. But... He was not the only one. Check out some weird shit. Another sacrificial lamb. The dot at the hands of hologram. Send them into the dungeon and bludgeon his Oh my god. <laughs> so I don't know. Apparently hip hop love this Aladdin's motif, piano motif. But they're not the only one. Oh my gosh. Oh, That's I was feels not like, expecting yeah. that drop. <laughs> I'm not going to get too foul language here, but that bass is doing something to my ears where it's like, 
this might be assault. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's sort of attacking your senses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating. But it is. It's such a simple line. You can take it in any direction. So all kinds of genres can benefit Speaking from it. Speaking yeah. any direction, literally, because this is another direction. Your faces, your faces. I went on a journey. I went. If you could see people listening, have you ever JT seen and Sophie's <laughs> oh, yeah, faces? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the kombucha girl on TikTok where she's like, oh my God, love I her. I hate it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a public restroom. Like that's genuinely the ride I was on. I was like, I hate the chipmunks, but I kind of like the orchestration. And it was just like up and down until I was like, Question. I liked it. Out of the four examples, which one would you rather me play again? Oh, the first two. The first two, yeah. yeah. The first two, two? two was really good, I think. Yeah. Okay. By request, here's your favorite. Another sacrificial lamb that died at the hands of hologram. Send them into the dungeon and bludgeon us. It's just so good. Here's a more recent, more... Normal cover. This was for the Hulu show Little Fires Everywhere. Okay. Okay. So they made a cover of that song for. But you, you're not allowed. You're uninvited and unfortunate. I don't know who that the, this her voice sounds so familiar. I know why it sounds familiar so, because everybody sounds like that. Now. Yeah, that's like yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like a conveyor it's, belt of voices. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing. Like a lot of people can sing. Like I've, I've I have friends that can sing. I've yeah. met people that can sing. Like yeah, you're. I, I wish I could sing like that. But when you're talking, like, what does it take to be like that one person artist global phenomenon? Everyone wants to hear your voice. You kind of need something unintangible. Something like you just yes. have to be gifted with. Specifically some, some something unique texture. too. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just, we did an episode on Sting, the same. Sting has, he's just such a texture. And Alanis, she just has a flavor that just, either you have it or you don't. And but, but that style of singing, it, there there is a texture to it. The problem is that it's become a trend to sing like that. Yeah. So I, I think that's part of it. It's a sound that's like right now. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's very it, contemporary. Yeah, it is. I do like the instrumental part of it. I liked it slowed of, down of, like of, that. Of yeah, that. you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I've heard worse, but, but it was, you're but, right. But the reason I love this song is the orchestration of it. Yes, oh, let's, and we don't yes. quite so, have yeah, it in this version. Totally, agree. we've alluded to something, but I want to talk about. Have you guys seen the performance at the 1998 Grammys? Face melted. I think Unbelievable. that's Unbelievable. I, I honestly I think yeah. that's the one I watched on YouTube yeah. and yes. research. I honestly it's like one of the best performances. It's like pitch perfect. I've like seen was, like in YouTube that I've Googled in yes. a very long time. Like I saw that and I was like, yeah, my face melted. Yep. The way she sings that song to perfection. Yep. The strings and the band rocking so hard. I mean, sorry, indulge me for a second. That's live. That's the sound. Yeah. Creating life on that stage. Like and we were all headbanging. We as literally were. Yeah. It was as, not <laughs> choreographed yeah. in any way. For someone like like me who's such a snob about mm. when I go to see bands performing and they don't sound as great as a CD or anything. Mm. Yep. That literally sounds exactly like the recorded version, except live. It's it sounds flawless. That like it's perfect. It's like they got to the artist the same amount of people for the orchestration. <laughs> Yeah. And then it just is incredible. It messed with me because she sounds exactly like she so does on good. the record to the point where I was like, wait, is this like, 
Is she lip syncing? Did someone put this audio <laughs> yeah, over this, yes. this video or something? Like, or is she lip syncing? No, absolutely not. It- I'm going to jump ahead on my notes because you guys are exactly, we have to talk about the make or break moment of this song. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, and you talked about it. It's the note, the high note mm-hmm. where elite gets separated from great. That was from the Grammy performance again. That's that was the live, live. take. Wow. That was live. And she hits that note and she's like, you see her physicality. She feels like she's singing at 40%. She's not even like a hundred. She's not even trying. Yeah. Like, like she can, she it's has effortless. like three gears more that she can go. Yeah. And doing research for this, I found a cover of this by Leanne Rhymes. Oh. Really great singer. Mm-hmm. Apparently in quarantine, she was, I don't know, bored and she recorded herself making a cover of this song. Oh, so recently? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And here, she sings it really good, but. I wish this was a visual medium right now because the thing is when you watch that video she thinks it really good but she looks like she's she's trying at a, you oh, know, she's trying at a yeah. hundred like yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. see like the toll that it's taking on her mm-hmm. and again going back to that alanis performance she's just like there with her long hair just like chilling she's like and you're like holy well you know what's even more impressive and the, the point you just made is the fact that alanis is standing in front of a 50 piece orchestra right and she's mm-hmm. at 40 percent and is like toe-to-toe with them Leanne is with a with just a piano, I would assume, right? Mm-hmm. And has to go, basically has to be like on at like 100% to even just like match the piano. And like Alanis just like kills it with this like effortless take in front of so many musicians that could overpower her. And it's incredible. It's incredible. I have another one. This mm-hmm. is from Alanis Sofia, who was apparently was named after Alanis Morissette. Oh, oh. And this is in American Idol, and she performed this song. Okay. So let's compare. We've had two examples, a third one. Again, very pretty, very yeah. pretty, very, very pretty. good, Too pretty. very good. Yeah. Like I would absolutely kill to be able to sing like that. But playing all these three, you can clearly see where just that spark, that unique texture. I'm just going to play it again. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Actually, maybe- that, that one, uh, her doing that bit live that was prettier than on the record now that i'm thinking of it like it was sort of um a little more ethereal it landed softly yeah too. it yeah. landed very softly mm-hmm. but she has the, the the effortless power like we've been talking about and there's something about the way she hits the note it almost feels like she's like flirting with going sharp on it and you yeah. you like lean in and you're like she's not no she's not letting us get comfortable but she's not settling into the note right. in this way that's like very it's unnerving which is the, the song is unnerving when well when i think of alanis morissette's <laughs> voice this is going to sound like an insult it is absolutely not <laughs> because another one of my favorite artists also i would describe their voice this way i would describe it as bleeding like Ooh, a yeah, yeah. goat like in a way. Oh, you know Bo- Bo- Bowie. Yes, Bowie, exactly. Yes. And he has he that actually, quality yeah, in his yeah, yeah. voice too. He said that himself. That's yes, what he like, thought his voice amazing. sounded. Yeah. So the the power and the, the way that you were saying that she breaks up the syllables of 
She's got complete words. command. It, it's bleeding. It is. My, you feel every opinion. syllable. And yeah, yeah. She, she has a disregard for the words. She's right. like, I want you to feel every note. So right. that's, it is right. what it is. So again, I'm sorry, Alanis. You're a master of your craft. Yes. That's what I love about this podcast is just reconnect. Like if it wasn't for this opportunity, I would just not reconnect with this song. And now it's I like love on rotation. I love it. Now I also have this whole interpretation, respect for this artist that I had a connection to before, but it was still missing that and and honestly, that's why that documentary I loved it so much because mm-hmm. I I was part of that like kind of crowd where it's like yeah. you're a fan of her, but like why isn't she respected to the level yeah. of the craft that like I don't know a Kurt Cobain or some you know like someone you would you gonna make me say it? I know, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> but it's like yeah. we need we you could know. say it in unison. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, but I'm so glad that this episode just gave me a chance to reconnect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having mm-hmm. said that, let's move up to that orchestra because oh. that is some fine ass rock meets orchestra, it's which insane. by the way, reminds me of, I'm, I'm curious, like there's another movie song that I'm hoping we cover sometime on the pod, future episode. I might have to come to Sophie, but it reminds me a little bit of this song. I was going to say, is it Godzilla? Because I think yes. That is Cub Daddy, Led Zeppelin song. This is another album that me and my brother have. We listen a lot to this song. And now looking back, I wonder if success of Uninvited, this is a trend now. What other like orchestra, whatever can we do? If it wasn't for Uninvited, we wouldn't have Godzilla. It might be. I don't know. I don't know. I like to think that. I think that's actually a really good point. Um, And I need no convincing to talk about this, by the way. (laughs) Let's go on record. (laughs) I'm going to use this as an excuse. I'm going to ask any great strings slash rock songs that come to your mind. Like some of your favorites. Oh, geez. You know, the Godzilla one was, that was my other, because I I realized I was, as a kid, I conflated the two because they came out sort of close together. I don't know if I can think of anything else off the top of my head. I have some of my favorite. Nights in White Satin by the Moody Blues is one of my favorite strings used in a rock song. Gazing at people Some hand in hand Ooh. God, what a name for a band, Moody Blues. You guys are fucking moody as hell and I love it. Also this one. Oh. Classic. I do have one that you can find later if you want to cue it, but if, yeah. for anyone who's interested in like a contemporary kind of like rock song with a good orchestra, I think it's like a, a, a local Memphis crew. Um, the musician is Cody Fry. The song is called Underground. He basically writes an entire film score, so it feels like the Paperman soundtrack, and it's set to a like just a traditional like rock song. Another one that sounds like a film. I mean, to me, always it sounds uh, a Radiohead. One of my favorite Radiohead songs. <gasps> How to disappear completely. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Actually, now that I think of it, there is a song that I originally thought of because of the piano, the beginning, the simple piano that we've talked about that we love. Mm-hmm. I thought of another song, but now that we're talking violins. 
that absolutely correlates too. So in middle school, I was really getting into like emo rock and I thought of like this. everyone. <laughs> Ooh. Goosebumps. I haven't heard this song in years. I know. So that is I also, when Sophie sent me this and I was clipping it, I got goosebumps too. And it's funny you send this clip because the comment I meant about uninvited might be like one of the first things you play on a piano and you're like, oh my God, I'm playing a song. This that was one? that was one for me. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, I can play that. <laughs> I'm so oh good. My god. <laughs> for the folks at home, that's "My Immortal" by Evanescence. Evanescence yes, uh, and that was a little bit of my like first introduction to some rock music. Oh, I love uh, that. That's from their debut album, Fallen, which has a lot of hits on it. And um, the one with the face. Yes. Like the, yes, yes. Well, yes. funny sidebar on that. <laughs> My dad always was fostering a love of music in me. Mm-hmm. And occasionally we'd like go to the record store and he'd be like, pick out a CD. So I remember I was at the <laughs> store and I was holding two CDs and I was like, golly, can't decide which one. <laughs> One of them was Evanescence Fallen. Fantastic. And the other one was Tattoo's first English album, the one with all the things she said on it. And my dad looked Range. at these two albums. Range. <laughs> my dad looked at these two albums, saw Amy Lee's face on Evanescence, like the goth, the dark, pale faced. Yep. And he was like, maybe the other one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's how I took home the like... <laughs> lesbian pop <laughs> sensation <laughs> tattoo uh, i did ultimately get my evanescence album and i think that that like lived in my cd player oh. for a long time like maybe months at a time so, so i think that amy lee is also another like powerhouse vocalist yes uh who does not get the recognition that she deserves uh so i, I think agree. that i see a little bit of alanis in her a good call. i love yeah. the shout out yeah let's give her some yeah more. sophie it's like we're sharing a brain because uh, <laughs> I, I was i have one last clip of like and this is complete cheating but i'm just gonna use this as an excuse to drop a clip from this but <laughs> another album that was like influential for me or like not just discovering rock mm-hmm. and i did but also was my mom's moment like oh wait you're into this now mm-hmm. uh, but I was like Metallica's SNM. Oh. Oh. There's like a before and after for me with this album. When I discover this, I only not, I discover just orchestra, rock. I went in both directions yep. equally. I went film yes. scores and I went rock, Metallica. I love that though. You want to explore it all at once. And if there's songs that have everything, but it was fantastic. It, was, it was like a big bang. So I just want yeah. to give it a shout out. When it comes to We are definitely having a mind meld moment because I was going to bring up this album in our answerable questions section. Ooh, nice. So well, you'll even, have to wait for it. Even nice. more, even nice. more when I found that this album was recorded in Sophie's high school. Paolo, stop stealing all my anecdotes. Oh my God. <laughs> it was. It was That's recorded really cool. in the one of our auditoriums. We had two auditoriums. You had two auditoriums. Well, yeah. Again, as I referenced, I think on an earlier episode, we had about 3,000 students. Oh, in that's the true. School. You needed two yeah. auditoriums. <laughs> Well, Last- one was an auditorium, one was a theater. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> answerable question. Let's I think go. it's time to move on to answerable question. Seven seconds in heaven. What seven seconds from the songs give you goosebumps? <laughs> JP, our guest, you go first. Let's do it. The drop. It's like, yeah, basically I was like, I yeah. wanted to cheat and have like, 
27 seconds to build up to it, but basically just the drop into that like final minute or so of the song is ridiculous. Something that also comes to mind is I remember my music composition teacher, he also, he would talk to me a lot about intensity and how that could be mm. like a, such a great tool for composition and mm -hmm. how humans just find pleasurable the switch in intensity. So if you were writing a song and you're always stuck with like the same yeah. verse or chords or energy, mm. that's why like if you were to draw chart of your song or something like you want to have waves you want to have changed intensity yeah. i mean this is exactly what's happening here you're going from a single voice note to that explosion yep that sounds amazing absolutely i mean literally edm is just built on this premise the the, the drop you yeah. know just like this building up and then a shift of intensity we love that i'm arguing that the best part of this song is the, the absence of the song to then bring the rest of the yes. song back in and it's amazing i have a similar one <laughs> So that's just a little bit earlier in the song. But I love it though. Cause you know, yeah. you, the other part does not work without that part. So exactly. Like yours exactly. builds it. And the, yeah, it's mine's the payoff, but yours is like, oh, it's so, yes. that, that single drum hit too. Yeah. And this is like the Ooh, first the drums, hint yes. that we get that an orc, like a big orchestra yes. is going to come in. Yes. And it's really exciting. Cause we had just a minute and 40 seconds ago, we were just starting with a simple piano and, and it's maybe already like built a, to this. I, was it like a bongo with it? Like I couldn't, I can't identify yes. what was with the piano. I love how yeah. you talk about the drums. Cause that's something I also really love mm -hmm. is the drum sounds like things falling out of the sky. Like, oh, yeah. it sounds like it's just hitting and mm. hitting. Like, it doesn't, it just, like, helps you build that imagery of just, like, just these things coming down, like, waves of emotion just mm -hmm. scratching, just That's hitting That's a really drum. cool way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. That's why we bang our and heads, because we're, like, it, it falling. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Like, things just, like, just falling from the sky, like, yeah, yeah. so epic. That drum is so good. Sophie, I literally just play my clip. We have the same. Okay, we really, 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 yeah. okay. The theme of this episode for us is how like our mind melts. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful thing to watch. Favorite litter, JP. Okay, so I have a couple, uh, which is probably cheating. So I'm gonna stick with. Um, there's a line in this that I never understood. So when I'm reading it, I'm like, this is actually really. It's really exciting to me. It's, Must be strangely exciting to watch the stoic squirm. I'm like. <laughs> Oh, to me, like the the whole premise of this movie is just the idea of like bombastic feel, like feeling, just being being washed over by emotion and like allowing yourself to give into that. Whether or not it's clunkily done is fine, but that the stoic squirm just says so much imagery to me that, I, and I didn't understand it because the way she sings it, I don't always understand right. everything Alanis says, but I feel it. And when I read <laughs> it, I was like, oh, I felt that. I just didn't understand. <laughs> like, so that's my favorite. There's a few others that are like honorable mentions that we can bring up, but like, that was my, my top. You might need to bring it up because that was also my oh, favorite. Oh, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, the delivery on squirm in particular totally. is killer. Yes. Her delivery makes me squirm, you know, like, I, like you said, I feel it. I'm not entirely sure who the stoic are and who is squirming, because in my mind, the angels are the stoic ones. They're the, the, yes. the still and the watching. Yeah, that's a good point. But it, it, it was a head scratcher and I still love it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in the in the context of the movie, it's like kind of confusing. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, right. And just in general in life, like we always sort of just like kind of bury our own feelings and things to get mm -hmm. through the day or whatever the case is. And it's mm -hmm. like, 
we are the stoic ones sometimes. Like yeah. if you see someone feeling like a hundred percent of the time, if someone's crying in a movie or like feeling a song, you're like, Oh, they're, they're into it. Like it's, you get sort of like detached from that feeling and then that willingness to sort of give into the art. And like, that's, that. that's the yeah. stoic, you know? Yeah. I might be, I might be taking it too literally in the, with it, within the movie. You <laughs> no, know, cause you, but, the research suggests right. it's supposed yeah. to be Meg Ryan's character. Right. So like, totally. Right. <laughs> My pick is. The exact same clip. <laughs> no. I don't think you're unworthy. But I need a moment to deliberate. I love how she's mm. like, I'm oh. not so sure. Just give me a sec. Yeah. Yeah. To make up my mind. I don't know. Oh, that's intense too. Mm-hmm. I just like that. Has it aged well? Unlike my pick for favorite Larry. Has it aged well? <laughs> we asked ourselves if the movie and song has aged well, JP. I've only appreciated it more as I've gotten older. There was a good 15 year gap of when I really appreciated the song. So as I'm now in my thirties, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling the intensity of this, of the delivery of these words. And. Uh, I think it's age well. I don't think the movie is necessarily like one of the classics that we know and love, but I think the song is definitely aged like a fine wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The amount of covers I just play, this thing has been covered recently like, and years ago. Yeah, and- like Leah Rimes is in her house, mm-hmm. like in quarantine, and he's like, I'm going to make a cover of this. Yeah, this is a classic, an absolute classic. Alanis's just signature voice, iconic. Mm-hmm. And then I think also the orchestration of it gives it sort of a timeless quality. Yes. It's, like it's a really little bit hard really to good pin point. when this song really is. Really good point, Because yes. it reminds yes. me of like live and let die or it reminds right. me of like, it just, it could be in any era. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think this is an old brainer. Underrated or overrated? Is the song or movie underrated or overrated? I think it's- I, we, we can agree it's kind of underrated. It's criminally underrated. Like yes. literally, I just had yeah. a bit about confessing how I, yes. sorry it's- for not paying attention. And that's someone who listened to Jagged Little Pill. Like, yes, exactly. You know exactly. What I mean? It's not like we weren't fans. But I think it's also just the success of Jagged Little Pill. Nothing can really measure up to it. True. So it's sort of to the like, detriment of the her shadow. own success. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Exactly. You're yeah. a good point because that's why specifically for this song i right. feel like you overlooked it it, 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 yeah. it kind of hides in the shadow of that gigantic yeah success so true hall of a moment who or what had their best moment in pop culture with this movie and our song it can be a person a studio a film music genre you touched on it earlier again our mind meld i was <laughs> going to say that this is a great moment for orchestras in rock love it um the only one probably beating this out in my mind would be the snm live album mm-hmm yeah that's yeah. a great rock rock. um but also that was conducted by michael Kamen, uh and you'll hear more about him on our brian adams episode with yes. everything i do i do it for you oh i love that yeah what good a segue i love it <laughs> one no piano motifs hmm. in rock songs yeah like is there a more like does something else come to mind i mean that's such a oh. big thing but still like i don't i can't think of like one piano the only thing that pops into my head that would con- i would consider to be is starting to be as iconic is the Black Parade single key ah, from My Chemical Romance. Thousand percent. Oh. Yes. That that to the point of if you hear that note, even if you don't have relative or perfect pitch, yes. you know what song that is. When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. I'm going to open it up to like people listening, like hit us up on social Instagram or Twitter. Like yeah. we can't think of, but like, is this like the most iconic or can you think of other like on piano? Yeah. JP's votes for my chemical romance. <laughs> uh, um, here, here's, here's one. Uh, I was going to say for movie saving, for movie saving performances, I'm giving it to Meg Ryan. Yes. Uh, 
thanks, girl. You really came out. You did your job. You earned that paycheck. Yeah. You probably should have taken <laughs> you, part in Nicolas Cage's yeah, as well. exactly. <laughs> I think you said the producer for Iris and oh, yeah, Uninvited. Yeah. I'll yeah. give him a shout out as well. I forgot the name of the gentleman. that Rob Cavallo. Yes. yes. We will make sure. I've- in Spanish, if it was Cavallo, Cavallo. True. Sounds like like horse, horse which is, is like a slang for like really good, like ah, que caballo. Oh, see? <laughs> so living up to the reputation. I love it. But yeah, I give a shout out to that. Goo Dolls is this their biggest song? A thousand percent. And but I don't know, like like Google slide. Slide. Yeah, slide's slide, big. Black balloon. Oh, no, it's Iris or Slide. I actually. It's Iris or Slide. Yeah, is, I was having is. a moment with Slide. It was like <laughs> I was replaying it constantly. It was like that in Matchbox Twenty all the time. I, I have a confession. I was a huge, huge Goo Dolls fan in high school. I feel like Heck I should yeah. drop the Law and Order. Remix. Next one up. Which of today's current artists or band would you choice if the movie came out today? Who would you pick? I would go with this particular artist because I am reminded that this, the Uninvited song reminds me of like a a take on like a current Bond song in a way, in that sort of like orchestral cinematic vibe that it gives off. So I would go with Billie Eilish because I liked what she did with the latest Bond song. Yeah. Billie Eilish too. I had her, I have her or Lana Del Rey. And that would be interesting too. When I say this, it's like, I'm not thinking with my picks I'm curious, but I'm not thinking of trying to recreate Alanis. Right. right of but I'm course. thinking like we, we talked about the X factor kind of thing, like who can do their own thing and sound as unique as Alanis yes. sounds. I think those two like would really, man, I really want to hear those two. <laughs> I'm yeah. intrigued. I, I I'm intrigued. I do that. Uh, so. I also interpreted it as not trying to do an impression of Alanis, mm-hmm. but I wanted to pick people who can do rock vocals or at least have a, a unique perspective to their voices. Yeah. So I picked Florence Welsh and Bjork. Oh, those are good I picks. love the Florence pick. Yeah. I, love I love the, love the Florence pick. Yeah. And, the but Bjork, Bjork, Bjork would do it I know, crazy I know, I know, and I know. amazing. And it would be a very unique take for it sure. Would. <laughs> WTF. A moment from the movie or song that made you think someone needed a second opinion. There's something we're like, what? I mean. I mean, the, the whole movie. My pick yes. is just like the whole movie. Yeah. In totality, yeah. Does it, anyone have anything? There's a very specific line that I literally wrote best line ever, ironically. Um, it's a point where um, he and Meg Ryan are talking about something. Um, the context doesn't even matter. But they talk about pagers and pagers and the context of the technology because it's very 1998. And he's, he, she goes, well, did you beat me? Because I only get my messages if I'm paged. And he goes, you've dot, 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 definitely been beeped. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? So that was like sort of oh, the so tone for me. he doesn't know anything about Earth, but he knows Thank about you. how yes. the beeper system works. Thank you. It makes no sense. I have, and I there was it. another 90s moment, the Jerry Springer oh. part. I was like, oh, they, yeah, 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 this yeah. is very 90s. Well, <laughs> beepers and Jerry Springer. To Meg Ryan's defense there. She does also get beeped as a doctor. Oh, they true. They use the beeper And that's like still a thing. Still, yeah, still. That's, yeah, that's a good point. That's so a good point. it's also, not just a 90s thing. I stand corrected. It's, yeah. it's contemporarily yeah. weird. <laughs> to be continued, should we revisit this movie and talk about another song in the mm-hmm. soundtrack? Iris. Obviously. Iris. Yes. <laughs> Sophie said this. I yeah. mean, not the movie, but... I think we'll absolutely come back at some point yes. and do a Minnesota. Yeah, of I'd love to come back for Google that one. <laughs> and Iris. JB, if you will have If you'll have back. me, I'll come back yeah. for that yes. one. Will the song go on? Another no-brainer, but still, JP, let's start with you. Definitely, yes. And yes, I think right? it deserves more love. It needs to be on Absol- the airwaves. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I feel like, I don't know if this is just me because I rediscovered Alanis, but 
with the documentary mm-hmm. and stuff like I feel like she's having a kind of a moment yeah. not that big but like I feel like the spotlight is back on her and I think this song is kind of just getting fueled I love it so I think so so yes I definitely think this song will go on what I'm hoping is that like me when I was <laughs> little kids nowadays will discover Alanis through Jagged Little Pill and then go through the rest of her beautiful yeah. work and find and the, the musical yes. she also has a musical yes, she's storying she oh true like she, she's just like yes and this na- song is and yeah. nowadays like you discover an artist in spot on spotify or on other sources and you can just deep dive and learn yeah, totally. everything also, about like, them how many totally. covers did i play like true this is absolutely living on move on youtube comments so youtube comments to find what people were saying <laughs> You're the brave soul. (laughs) What did you find? All right, here we go. I just told my wife the story of how I went to see the movie Deep Impact. (laughs) And on the ride home, this song came on and it was the first time I had heard it. And after seeing that movie by myself and then this powerful song coming on the radio, I cried on the way home. It hit me hard for some reason and I cried. I'm not embarrassed nor ashamed. It is a very emotional song and I heard it at the most interesting time. Which so is apparently most, after, yeah, deep after you watch Deep Impact, is <laughs> yeah. the most interesting time yes. you're gonna have. I just, I, but he's like, he's like, I just told my wife. I'm like, so for twenty something years, you just had this like memory bottle up. You went on YouTube and you're like, I, I remember wish, I saw Deep Impact. I like, wish we could have heard that conversation. It's like, honey, I just to- came out of Deep Impact. <laughs> you did, but that's that's not that's what not the point. The point. Yeah. <laughs> I just listened Focus. to this song. Yeah. It's called Invited, and I have something to tell yeah. you. Why are you crying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed nor I'm, ashamed. <laughs> Don't make me feel bad. <laughs> but but honestly, I'm I'm glad he's not embarrassed nor ashamed. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is a very emotional song. Crying is good. Crying is yeah. healthy. Yes. Okay, here's another one. I got a speeding ticket because I was jamming to the song. It makes your heart race and foot heavy. Love it still 22 years later. I feel like they're trying to blame Alanis for their bad driving habits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's one more. I was haunted by someone who I had a mutual attraction with, and knowing it can't happen takes you through a roller coaster of emotions. This song puts all those feelings into words perfectly. My question (laughs) (laughs) Is this a a literal haunting? (laughs) Oh, I hope so. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, this is a good one. I hope it's a haunting. Or or are the. Haunted emotionally. Oh, not, I, I hope it's not a ghost. In, a pa- in a Patrick Swayze way. <laughs> yeah, I demand that. Yeah. This is, the user is Demi Moore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, one more. For many years, I only knew the remix version. Had no wait, idea. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which remix? <laughs> is it the Chipmunk one I just played? Please be the Chipmunk one. And you did not think there was a better version <laughs> of this out there? Well, they had no idea the original was a masterpiece of a song. Heard it the first time yesterday. It's going straight onto my playlist. And let's take the chipmunk one off the playlist. I just gotta give the people what they want. He heard this and he's like, this is just such a banger. Wow, my God. Masterpiece. Oh my, wait, what is this? Who's Alanis Morissette? Wait, uninvited? Oh, oh my God. Okay, wait, I, I have a confession. It's growing on me. I couldn't stop dancing. Let's move on next time. Okay, next one. Uh, I'll deny I said anything. Okay. Uh, 
I used to hate any song from Alanis Morissette, but now I'm an adult and I realize how brilliant she is. So like eight, they're trying to listen to Alanis yeah. Morissette and didn't have like Alanis, emotional you maturity. Got it. <laughs> For the record, it's not ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I did not post this comment. This yeah. was yeah. Not me. Okay. I used to like Alanis. Yeah. I was like, forgot about her. <laughs> okay, here's our last one. You're here, listening to this powerhouse. Means only one thing. You're incredibly cool, soulful, with excellent taste in music. I salute you. Heart emoji. You know, the way that was read reminded me of the... It sounded like the stoner kid from Clueless who's like, you're awesome. Like, oh, yeah, the yeah, way yeah. that was read, I was like, oh, I'm just, I feel so light and happy yeah. now. I have something to say. Oh. Listeners, mm -hmm. you're listening. You're here. You're listening to this powerhouse. There's only one thing. You're incredibly cool and soulful with excellent taste in podcasts. Heck yes. I salute you. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's it all is. we got. That was so much fun. JP, thank you so much thank for coming you back on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Don't forget, people listening, to check out her incredible video essays. And they truly are. They're so good. Oh, thanks. On her YouTube channel, Essays on Frame. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Instagram, Twitter, at The Song Will Go On. And our website, thesongwillgoon.com. Last but not least, our Patreon. Please support us. Help us grow so we can so we can just do more free content for you, man. It's a win-win. <laughs> Selfie, you rock, as always. Yep. Thank you all for listening. And catch us on the next song. See ya. The song will go on. It's written, researched, and produced by Sophie Matano and Paolo Garcini. Theme music is composed by William Russell. Consulting producers are JP Lee and Jonathan Fisher. Recording, editing, and mixing by Sophie Matano and Paolo Grassini. The song will go on. It's a Gigawatts podcast. You can find Gigawatts on YouTube and on Instagram at gigawatts underscore YouTube.